0: Hey everybody, it's Drags, and it's Wednesday, July 8th, time for episode 358 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com, and as always, you know by now, follow us on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS. Welcoming back today, Taylor Kyles to the pod, as we talk all things Pat Mahomes, Cam Newton, and how all of the... Pat Mahomes contract new, uh, huge, spectacularly huge contract affects the Patriots. Follow Taylor on Twitter at TKYLES39. That would be TKYLES39. Welcome back, Taylor. How you been?
1: I've been well, brother. As always, it's an honor to be back. Thank you for having me. How have you been?
0: Uh, staying health and safe, uh, health Healthy and safe, uh, spending some time with my daughters, playing a little tennis, a little golf here and there, keeping my mind sane. That's what I need to do, get exactly. through everything that we're going through. And I'm sure you as well, uh, everybody out there that's uh, either watching this, this podcast is now on our YouTube channel uh, on CLNS Media, uh, or listening to us on the podcast, everybody can relate with that. Let's get to the news of the week. And it's not all, it's not about the Patriots this time, at least directly. It's Pat Mahomes signing a 10 year, $503 million contract extension with Kansas City on Monday. And look, the Patriots don't do deals like this, but other teams looking to keep 24 year old superstar quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl already, they do do this.
1: Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, you're always hesitant to sign these big contracts. I know even with just the Cam Newton talk recently, it's been like, oh, well, the Patriots have never signed a long-term contract. But when you look at these deals, it usually set the market. It's at the positions of value. You know, it's at pass rusher. It's at quarterback. It's at cornerback. And there may not be a more dynamic player in the entire NFL than Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, I know there was an article on Pat's pulpit that was mentioning how once a player accounts for over 13% of their cap hit, only Steve Young and the 49ers were able to actually win a Super Bowl that way. So, you know, it's going to have to be a very dynamic talent if you're going to invest that much in a player. Obviously, I know uh, you know more about the exact uh, contract specifics than I do. But to that point, he is such a great player in terms of you can really put a lot of different people around him who may not be Tyreek Hill, who may not be Travis Kelsey. You know, injuries happen in the NFL. Sometimes your quarterback has to step up to accommodate for those things. And no one can do it the way he can. The guy's got a photographic memory. He's crazy mobile. He's got a cannon, but he also knows how to work it. He understands defenses. It seems like intuitively, and he's a smart player when things break down and he knows what to do in those situations. So if you're going to break the bank and you're going to make headlines with the contract, I don't think there's a better player to do it than Patrick Holmes.
0: See, I, I'm glad you brought that up Taylor because he's 24, but he's al- already uh, exhibited uh, and displayed the ability to handle complex NFL defenses. Heck, In his second year in the NFL, he was the NFL MVP and came within an offsides in the AFC Championship game of the uh, Chiefs defeating the Patriots uh, and moving on to Super Bowl. 53. Of course, the Patriots came from behind, won it in overtime, and won that Super Bowl. But uh, then last year, he came back from his, what looked to be at the time in Denver a season-ending knee injury and led his team all the way this time uh, to the Super Bowl. The team was trailing in the fourth quarter. He led a come-from-behind uh, effort in the fourth quarter. And, of course, the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl in 50 years, thanks in large part to Pat Mahomes. I look, people are going to compare uh, Pat Mahomes and the money he got to the money Tom Brady never got when he was with the New England Patriots. Fair or not, uh the Chiefs look at Pat Mahomes a lot differently than the Brady than the Patriots viewed Tom Brady early on in his career. The Patriots weren't necessarily building their franchise. People forget this. They were not building their franchise around Tom Brady in the Patriots' dynasty version 1.0, right? Uh, It's a very much a defensive-minded type of team, early on ball control type of uh, Patriots team when they won uh, back-to-back Super Bowls in Super Bowls 38 and 39. That's not what the Kansas City Chiefs are. The leader of the Chiefs is Pat Mahomes. And I say this again, he is only 24. He's going to be 25. And if you're going to pay a superstar quarterback that kind of money, you want to pay him like the Chiefs are are doing early in his career and not pay him for what he did in the past. And that's what the Chiefs are banking on.
1: Absolutely, and people also forget that Brady was the highest-paid player once he did reach his prime. Once the Patriots knew what they had in him, I believe it was around the time he was thirty-one. I think right. around. Cam's I want to say two
0: thousand ten.
1: Exactly right. Once you know Brady proved that he was worth the money, they were more than willing to pay. And I think that's a misconception. Period. That Belichick doesn't like to pay players. That I think we both know. You know, there's Ben Wolfork. There's Logan Mankins. You know, he's Devin McCourty. He set the market at positions um, when he thinks the player deserves them and the quarterback market is also one of those I think it's perfect for social media you know it's a hot button thing where it's good news and for a few days it's enough to really get people pumped up and then a month goes by and another big name quarterback sets the market again because this thing constantly evolves you know Matt Ryan's deal looked insane obviously Matt Ryan is an underrated quarterback he's been exceptional throughout his career but he didn't seem like the kind of player that you would pay you know league setting money to and no one even thinks about it anymore. It's, it's, you know, it's yesterday's news. So with these contracts, I think the best case scenario for teams is if you have a young quarterback who's willing to sign long-term before the fourth, fifth year of his deal, whatever the case may be, as soon as possible, you jump on it. And I know there were some people who were right. smarter than me who were even questioning if the Chiefs were smart in signing, uh, in, in uh, getting this deal done so early and, or actually maybe, at Mahomes, I'm sorry, getting a little sidetracked, but, um, yeah bottom line i think it was great that they got this deal done early you know it looks like a lot of money now but even next year i think this is going to look like a bargain for pat mahomes
0: well right and and look taylor you know we're speaking with taylor kyles here covering the patriots uh, doing a fantastic job follow him on twitter at t kyles 39 People are not going to get upset, I don't think, or, you know, lose their mind over this contract, believe it or not, as much as they did giving Kirk Cousins, what was it, $84 million guaranteed. And look, remember how much uh, hysteria there was over giving Kirk Cousins that deal in Minnesota.
1: Yeah, and again, it's it's who you think can lead your franchise. You know, it's easy to speculate about when a team gives a quarterback a big contract. And understand, there are exceptions. You know, Case Keenum getting big money deals. I'm glad he seems like a great dude. I'm glad that he got his bank. But at the same time, you know, there are some reaches, 100%. There are some guys who have shown a track record of not necessarily being able to lead a franchise with their play on the field on, you know, a year-to-year basis. Uh, but guys like Kirk Cousins, I think, are on the fringe. Where, like I said, because the market changes every year, it's a little more acceptable, but I mean You know what I mean? No one, like you said, no one's gonna argue against Pat Mahomes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you remember? The I just want to get more Kirk Cousins love. I, yeah. I think it's it's because I was watching some Kirk Cousins clips yesterday and I'm oh, kind yeah. of in a good mood because I like the guy. He's really smart. But uh yeah, no, you're you're completely right.
0: So, you know, going over the Mahomes deal, uh some of the details, the contract includes oh just over sixty three million dollars in guaranteed money at the point of signing. And then 141 million is guaranteed in the event of injury. And, uh, going, digging a little deeper because the reason I think a lot of fans in New England would say that the Patriots would never do this and build a roster around just one player is the cap implications. Now, uh, this year, it's not going to have really, for all intents and purposes, any cap implications. 2020, uh, you're looking at a $5.3 million cap hit because essentially he's playing under his rookie deal at the age of 24. 25, when this deal kicks in, the cap hit goes up to $24.8 uh, 0.8 million. Still not, I, I don't think that's terribly bad. I think that's still, um, significantly less than, let's say, Jimmy Garoppolo gets. In Kansas City, but when you move, uh, deeper, 2022, it's 31.4 million, still not too bad. 2023, it's 42.4 million. And then it peaks at it, 2027 at $59.9 million, the cap hit. So just a, a shade under. $60 $60 million and who knows what the cap will be obviously at that time. But mm-hmm. um, right now that would be, you know, let's say, I don't know, a third, maybe even close to, uh, you know, three eighths of an NFL's uh, NFL teams cap. And that, you know is an exorbitant hit what and I think Evan Lazar pointed this out on Monday evening just after uh the uh contract was signed or agreed to between uh, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs that it's very unlikely that you know a player like this even as great as he is will see all 10 years of this deal and that a team wouldn't go through 10 years without restructuring it right
1: Absolutely. I think these contracts, you know, again, this is just based on what I read from Pat's cap and people online and uh, however my wacky brain interprets it. But it seems like a lot of these contracts that look really scary on the back end are made for, you know, either you move on from the player and someone else is inevitably going to take the contract because Pat's won a Super Bowl, He's won um, an MVP award. So, you know, he has, he already has accolades. So, you know, at some point, if it doesn't work out for the Chiefs, someone's going to take on a ridiculous amount of money. However, it's going to work out. Dead money, I don't think is the scariest thing in the world when you manage your cap well. And again, right. this is the kind of position where you make that kind of investment, where you say, if you're, we're going to have significant dead money, it's going to be on a quarterback who people are already saying before his deal was over might have been the best quarterback of all time by the time he hangs it up. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I don't, it's one of those things where I don't really look too deep into what the back of it looks like because I know it's going to change. It's either going to turn into an extension, uh, or some kind of weird twist or however NFL teams do it. They're much smarter than me. But, um, yeah, I mean, Pat Mohams, with his contract, I don't really think there's any downside that I've been able to perceive in terms of how these things usually play out with such a long-term deal.
0: You know, and if uh, somebody is looking for someone with a lot of perspective and who worked in the Patriots organization and who wrote something I think was fascinating on Tuesday – Read Mike Lombardi's column for The Athletic. Mm-hmm. It is tremendous because he points out a number of things. Uh, first of all, Mahomes is not the first quarterback to receive this uh, deal of this kind of length. Uh, former Philadelphia quarterback Donovan McNabb signed a 12-year deal, people forget, with the Eagles oh, wow. in 2002 that had a maximum value of $115 million at the time. Brett Favre, that was termed, if you remember, I don't know if you do, back in, 2001, a lifetime contract when he agreed to a 10 year, 100 million dollar deal. Drew Bledsoe, he received a 10 year, 103 million dollar deal with the Patriots in 2001. So it's all relative. And deals are bad omens, man. Well, (laughs) I'm kind of nervous for Patty Mahomes and KC now. But you know what? I would, I'd be nervous if I were a Kansas City fan and I thought that Pat Mahomes was going to last the entirety of the contract in Kansas City. That's what this would tell me. These contracts, these players don't see the end of these contracts. Very rarely do they. But early on, I think it's a great deal for the, for the Chiefs to, look, you want to keep your best player happy, right? And. Absolutely. I don't know if you buy this, Taylor, but Tom Brady wasn't happy last year. And, you know, toward the end of the season, it, it looked like some days it impacted his play, you know, and, you know, we've been over this, Before, you know, the the theory that he didn't give his all two years ago in 2018 is ludicrous because, you know, I thought he was exceptional in the playoffs when the Patriots needed him. Obviously, we referred to his comeback uh, against Kansas City um, and and the overtime win in 2018. But you do want the, the point of my rambling point here is you want to keep your best player, your star player happy, and that's what the Chiefs have done.
1: Absolutely, especially like we said before, when it's a player like Mahomes who can mask so many other deficiencies, and I think even with Brady's deal, I think, I don't know exactly, remember exactly how it worked out, I've tried to kind of blind that in my mind, but um I believe he might, was, was he willing to sign, was he, uh, was the team willing to give him a contract if he was interested in coming back, just so I'm not, you know, misspeaking?
0: Uh, well, two years ago they were, but after, uh, uh, right. you know, before last year, no, they were not. They, I think they had decided even before last year that they were you know, going to move on, see how the season turned out. And I think they had turned their sights on to moving on from Tom Brady after the 2019 season. I, I am of the belief that that decision internally had probably been made before the season began. I could be wrong in sure. that. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but some of the, The hints that I've heard from people in and around the organization lead me to believe that.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think the cam is, the cam situation is really opening my eyes to a lot of things about the quarterback position, frankly, because after so many years, especially considering I got into the game through the Patriots and through Tom Brady. So most of my exposure to football in the quarterback position has been Brady just picking people apart from the pocket. So I personally have undervalued, I think the, um, I guess the value of mobility and extending plays and being able to really put the game on your shoulders in a way that being a Brady watcher, really we didn't see from a week to week basis. You know, you weren't seeing him use his legs to pick up first downs, but because he was so efficient, it created this mindset where, oh, well this is something where if you, you know, if you have the poise in the pocket and the understanding of defenses, you could do it. But that is such a rare ability. And I think, it's, it, the Patriots may have gotten to a point where they said, well, maybe let's get a guy who we could groom to become that person where they can create plays outside of structure that Brady just physically can. Not holding it against him because guy won more Super Bowls than anybody in history with a lack of, you know, average NFL mobility. So that's not a, that's not a question. But, you know, when we're talking about Patrick Mahomes and the contract he has, that's a huge part of his game is that even when he's hurt, fine, he'll be a pocket passer, but when he's not, he is impossible to defend because you have to contain him and stop him from letting all the other athletes extend plays.
0: Speaking with Taylor Kyles, he does a great job for breaking down film for Pat's Pulpit. You can uh, look at a lot of his film breakdown on Twitter, at tkyles39, that's T-K-Y-L-E-S-3-9. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making their way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. BetOnline has all of the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all of the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Back with Taylor Kyles of uh, Pat's Pulpit. He does a tremendous job breaking down NFL film there. And he's a terrific, I think, provides great insight in the scouting uh, field, uh, both in college and pro football. I know you love to do that, Taylor. Um want to talk about somebody else on the other end of the spectrum, a superstar player who, you know, I think a lot of people thought in 2015 was headed down the path of receiving the kind of deal that um, uh, Pat Mahomes signed on Monday, and that, of course, would be Cam Newton. And I want to get your your impression initially, if healthy – do you think he's a lock to beat out Jarrett Stidham for the starting quarterback of the Patriots?
1: I do. I think that Stidham has a really good chance to get garoppolo It's a term that I used a few days ago that I'm sticking with. Because I don't think that if Cam is healthy, even if he doesn't give you the ability he did when he was in his 20s, which I don't think is fair to expect of any, anyone, people, you know, get so – uh, um, I think they tend to coddle NFL athletes in their minds to the point where once a player turns 30 – they become, you know, you can't touch him. And it's it's, it's this scary injury situation where, you know, nothing's guaranteed. And to a degree, absolutely, it's the NFL. You know, I know personally when I'm on Twitter and I make statements, I say it hoping that people understand that I know that injuries happen, that there's freak situations, you know, personal things, whatever, what have you, where a situation will be different than what you projected to be on paper. But Cam's physical ability, his intelligence, his leadership, his personality – He's everything I think you want from the quarterback position, and I think what's held him back most in the eyes of the public are just misconceptions about his personality, his maturity, and his injury situation.
0: I think he's going to be fine in New England if he's healthy, and I think you're right. If he's healthy, he's definitely the choice over Jarrett Stidham. And when you take a look at what he signed for, he obviously signed for the veteran minimum, the base salary of just over a million dollars. Uh, and the cap hit of $1.1 million. It just really goes to show you that the Patriots, I hate to use the word, they they scour the bottom of the barrel, but financially, they get the best bargains in the NFL, bring in quarterbacks, and get the most out of them. And I thought Ross Tucker, um, excuse me, let me go back there. I thought um, Cam Newton had a fascinating... Um, post uh, posted two videos on Sunday night on Instagram, kind of indicating the chip on his shoulder that, you know, he's tired of being humble and he's going to go out and play with a ton of motivation and really show the world that he's not done yet. But
1: yeah, he found so much success. Cam found so much success early in his career in the NFL and then late in college. People forget that he was the backup to Tim Tebow in college. He went to junior college. He didn't really have an easy road to the NFL, And then once he got here, you know, I think it's kind of a sensitive topic to talk about. But frankly, being a black quarterback, especially I think around Cam's time when it wasn't as prominent to have, you know, a black quarterback be the face of a franchise. He had your Donovan McNabb, your Michael Vicks. But Cam still had a lot to prove as a first overall draft pick as a black quarterback coming in and expected to be the franchise. So it's not like he came in and had this easy road. He had a lot of adversity throughout his career, whether or not people really understand it. So I don't think this is anything new. If anything, I think it's scarier. It's that Brady mentality where these guys know what hard work looks like. You know, if you put any work into really following them, I know Cam's got a YouTube channel. It's fantastic. I've been looking through it. It's made me admire him so much more as a person. Um He's got the Cam Newton Foundation where he does a lot of work with kids and coaching and things like that. And beyond that, you also see what kind of person he is and how hard he works in his, his drive and what he does with workouts. Like, we look at Brady. I mean, Cam Newton has a similar work ethic to Brady. I'm not going to say it's the same, obviously. I don't want to get blamed for that. But Cam Newton has the body of someone who took super soldier serum as well as that freaky, you know, tough to really understand work ethic that we've come to expect and love from Brady. So – I'm just super excited about this. If you follow me on Twitter, I think it's very obvious. I'm sure yes. if you're listening, it's very obvious. But, uh, frankly, I think that you got your new face of the franchise and it's like, I, I see it as kind of the Barb to Aaron Rodgers situation on steroids.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought that up because, um not everybody shares your feeling about, uh, Cam Newton and not everybody thinks that even if he's healthy, he's a shoe in to be quarterback. I bring up the athletic again, uh, and Ross Tucker, former player, uh, former Patriot uh, a long time ago, but uh he has a different perspective, and he said he's not convinced, everything aside, even if he's healthy, he's not convinced that Cam Newton's a lock to be the Patriots' starting quarterback this season for multiple reasons, starting with Newton himself. The last time he played well was that first half of the 2018 season, and, you know, this is where Tucker, you know, really – lays it on the line, he says that's a long time ago in the unforgiving game that is pro football. Since then, he's had two different stints of poor play, the second half of 18 and the start of 19, Which led to shoulder and foot surgeries and while it's true that his 0-8 record as a starting quarterback in the last eight starts needs to be viewed through those, uh, through that uh, prism of those injuries. When you go inside the white lines as an NFL player, you are judged based on how you perform and that's just part of the business.
1: If you're watching live, you probably have known for the past few, uh, like, minute or so that I don't agree with this take based on my facial expressions. Um, Frankly, I think that is the take that most people have who really haven't paid attention to Cam, who haven't studied him. Now, in the NFL, it's a very difficult game to truly understand, not from some elitist standpoint. You know, I hate when it becomes that. But truly, it's because there's a difference between watching and studying the game. You can't understand what's happening on a play by watching it one or two times from the broadcast angle. I don't care how many times you watch the replay. You know, there's always a nuance that you're not quite going to get on the play that replay usually doesn't show. So I think where that comes from is the fact that Cam's stats aren't great. You know, a lot of people have been preaching about to me about his accuracy concerns. Obviously, the numbers don't look good. He has a lot of high misses that don't look great. Um, The Super Bowl, not diving on the ball, those things – but there's a lot of misconceptions about Cam. First of all, he's never had a supporting cast, I think, to the caliber that Brady has had in his championship years. All those teams featured great defenses and at least two or three offensive players who were game changers in the Patriots system. You know, like James White may not be a game changer for the Giants, but in the Patriots system, you need to pay attention to him or he's going to tear you apart. Cam's had that with Steve Smith, with Christian McCaffrey, with Greg Olson. But think about how many times those players were on the field at the same time. Devin Funches actually is a really good player. I think he had stints where he looked like he could be dominant, but he wasn't consistent, had to face a lot of drops, some route running inconsistencies. Let's just boil it down to this. When I watched Cam Newton, I watched all of his third down and fourth down plays, most of his plays from 2018, but all the third and fourth downs, because to me, that's when a quarterback shows you what they've got. That's right. a situation where everyone knows what you're going to do, unless it's third and short, obviously. So what's, you know, what are you going to bring to the table? Can you execute? I was seeing receivers not winning at the top of routes, meaning they were being out physical, not finishing, not doing what they were supposed to. So the passes seemed inaccurate. There were times where there were drops. There were times where receivers just weren't on the same page. He was dealing with a rookie rookie receivers and a rookie tight end who was expected to fill the role of Greg Olson, who was also hurt that season. And one other quick thing, I know I'm kind of going on a bit of a tangent here, but also I want to note that – oh, fantastic. Cam Newton's accuracy – It is a significant factor, you know, but I think it's worse because high misses, obviously, especially in the middle of the field. It's scary because it gives defenders a chance to get after the ball. If it's low, it's going to hit the turf. That is a problem. But Cam's natural physical ability is the only reason that he even does it. He has such a good arm that most of the time he doesn't need to have perfect mechanics. And he overcomes it the vast majority of the time. Now, the way that I equate Cam's inaccuracy, which I see – as a physical limitation that comes from a physical strength that has come and become such aggressive, I think, muscle memory over time that it's going to take a lot of work, which he's already been putting in, just to note, for him to put power in his core and get it from torque rather than just using all arm, which takes away from his accuracy. But understand that it happens so rarely, it pretty much, to me, equates to Tom Brady having to take a sack on third and long, third and medium, because the receiver isn't getting open and he just can't go anywhere because he doesn't have the legs. When you account for the fact that Cam Newton, when he's not throwing the ball, can convert on third and 15 if a defense dares double-team even one of your receivers.
0: So here I was at Super Bowl 50 out in San Francisco, and the thing I noticed watching him play live – that game when, you know, he was having an MVP season and, you know, they were 17-1 and one and they went in and just got steamrolled by Wade Miller's uh, Bronco defense. The two things that he needs to to really rediscover in New England, he needs to rediscover his mechanics in the pocket and he needs to keep his eyes down the field when he gets out of the pocket. If he solves those two things, and if the Patriots can get him really honed in on those two issues, in, in my humble opinion as a layperson, I think he's going to have a lot more success, and he, I think he's going to do well in New England. But those are the two issues that I think the Panthers, that's why they went with Teddy Bridgewater, right? And that's why they gave Teddy Bridgewater um, the $20 million, the $21 million, instead of investing in Cam long term. I'm not sure if the Panthers did see that, but frankly,
1: I think that's another, those are both actually pretty big misconceptions. Cam is one of the best pocket passers and most risk averse quarterbacks I think the league has right now. Now, when you hear mobile quarterback and especially with a guy, you know, injury history, he is mobile. He, you know, has that history of getting outside the pocket and setting all these records. So people assume he's putting himself in danger. Russell Wilson, I think is a perfect example of a quarterback who racks up a lot of stats with his legs and extends plays but is smart and knows when to get down. And Cam doesn't get the respect that he deserves for being able to stay in the pocket and keep his eyes downfield. I can, I literally have a compilation I put together for a video I'm doing where he's keeping his eyes downfield and he only runs when the defense is really not giving him any other options. And that's because there's actually, I've been thinking about this and trying to understand what it is that, that quarterbacks tend to have that separates the goods from the greats. And a lot of it is the fact that when you watch Cam, it's not that he's throwing to a receiver. He's not saying, okay, it's cover three, so I need to go bam, bam, bam. Right. It's an understanding of space and leverage. So it's not even about, you know, oh, I have, you know, a a Sharpie or a pen and paper, whatever, on the sideline where I have all my cover three beaters. It's knowing what your play is, where the vacancies are going to be in the defense, and once they adjust, having that innate understanding of that space, of that leverage that you already know is there from experience, To immediately know where to go with the ball based on where the defense is flowing. So he's not seeing an open receiver and then reacting. He knows they're going to be open already. So he's throwing to a spot. And when that happens, that's when you see good pocket quarterbacks because they don't panic because they're not looking around with the, with the pass rush bearing down, trying to go through, you know, the Rolodex of who to go through. They know I slide this way because the route is coming in my view. I hope I'm saying this in a way that's digestible and not completely overwhelming. So but,
0: not to cut you <laughs> off there, uh, Taylor, but, but the way I, what I was trying to say is I'm talking about when he actually gets out of the pocket and keeps his eyes down the field. I'm not talking about him keeping his eyes downfield when he's in the pocket. I'm talking about when he feels the pressure, when he starts scrambling to his, let's say his right, which is more likely, I think, than to Mm -hmm. his left. Um, He scrambles to his right. Is he keeping his eyes downfield then? And that's where my concern would be. That's what I noticed um, about his game and whether or not – can he be accurate outside the pocket as opposed to being accurate inside the pocket?
1: Yeah, I think it would be more about outside of the pocket, him setting his feet and making sure that he's not like we talked about, you know, going off the back foot and he can do it. You're going to see him do it. I don't want people to panic every time they see his footwork look kind of crazy because that's the point. Like that is what makes him so good. He is one of those guys like Pat Mahomes, you know, you love seeing him throw across his body. Well, other quarterbacks don't do that because they can't can't. do it ever. It never works. Sometimes, you know, your just physical instincts take over, and sometimes it's on SportsCenter for a month, and other times you look kind of stupid, and, you know, you kind of forget You're about on Sports it. You're on SportsCenter, so not think,
0: top 10. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. So I think it's, it's not so much – although I think I'm not saying – I'm not disqualifying it. It's not so much about keeping his eyes down as it is about, okay, I'm outside the pocket. I'm on the run. Am I at least getting my body in position, you know, pointing my shoulder, getting myself – in position to make an accurate throw and not just sail it over my guy's head, which um, again, doesn't happen as often as people think. I really hope if you're listening to this, your takeaway is that Cam overthrowing a receiver is the equivalent of Tom Brady taking a sack. It happens more. I'll take that. I'll buy that. Right. How many times have we seen him duck? You know, Cam Newton is standing up and shrugging. I I think he did it once. There was a play I saw where they were uh, playing the saints at home and he just shrugged off Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan's one of the biggest def- outside uh, edge defenders in the league. And Cam Newton shrugged him off and then extended the play. I, like I love Brady, but most of the time, sometimes he may do that. You know, he's still a big guy, but he's not 250 pounds. So no, you know, I you, mean you, if Brady you give and you
0: take. Brady will do a good job of dipping his shoulder or actually letting the defender like fly over him. But Mm -hmm. in terms of physically shrugging him off, that's not what... Like when he's dead to
1: rights, when he's dead to rights and Brady like physically cannot escape, there's most of the time Cam's at least given another second or
0: two. What about the comparison Cam Newton to Ben Roethlisberger?
1: I think it's very good because they're both guys who, one, are big. So even when they're in the pocket, they're not easy to bring down. They're also very intelligent passers who understand coverages, and they're also very accurate. I think Cam's downfield accuracy, people people tend to seem to think that he's bad in the short and intermediate area of the field, and he's some guy who loves to take chances. He's great. His best seasons have come when he's been in the short, intermediate. Earhart Perkins offense, the Patriots are actually in. Yep. That's why I actually think he'll succeed. Ben Roethlisberger is similar. He'll take all the short stuff you want to give him because that's how you succeed in the NFL. You know, the great ones can throw the bombs in the long plays like Roethlisberger can do with great timing, great arm strength and physical ability. But those guys are also great at taking what the defense will give them and chunking you down the field until you fall asleep, and then you get the bombs to their speed, guys.
0: What else is on your uh, platter? Anything else you're working on?
1: So right now I'm actually trying to launch a YouTube channel uh, and a Patreon oh. as well. Both of those are in the works. Um, I've actually, if you looked at my feed, uh, I've been doing a lot of Cam stuff, a lot of Tom Brady stuff, a lot of comparisons. Because when studying Cam, as I kind of touched on, I noticed that he and Brady, uh, my whole theme of the video is that Cam is a scarier iteration of what Brady brought. Because while he doesn't have the experience, he doesn't have as many big game moments. You know, Brady is Brady. No one can touch him. But Cam's never been in a position that Brady's ever had, and he's someone who was acknowledged to have possibly the highest ceiling that we've ever seen for a quarterback. You know, Brady's great. He maximized his ceiling the way we've never seen before. But let's see what Cam Newton can do when put in a similar position because he has similar strengths, like intelligence, like finding matchups, you know, all the little things, saving negative plays, which is huge. I think that's another thing Cam doesn't get enough credit for. It's not just extending. It's also doing those little things that Brady did, like the shrugging in the pocket like extending plays in little ways just with little nuances, not just being a freak athlete. Um, so long story short, my video is basically showing that Cam Newton is gonna do a fantastic job, I think, of helping the Patriots offense uh evolve from the core of what Brady left and then kind of mixing in some of what Cam can do with his legs.
0: Is that link on Twitter?
1: Um it's not yet but I will be sharing it with you soon. I'm still in the uh, in we the mix of it. All this stuff all this stuff is brand new to me, but it's it's fun to learn. It's a new realm.
0: Well, uh if you want to follow Taylor on Twitter, you should if you're any type of football fan. He, you can follow him at tkiles39, that's TKyle's39. That's T K Y L E S 3 9. Uh he does a great job uh for Pat's Pulpit and he does a tremendous job uh breaking down college and pro film. Uh I I think he's right up there with Evan Lazar in terms of his film breakdown great analysis. Want to I thank praise. everybody. Yeah, anytime, Taylor. I look forward thank to having you. you back on the pod soon. Want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our terrific guest, Taylor Kyles. Also want to thank our great sponsor, betonline.ag. For producer Michael Angie and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia and this has been the Patriots Beat podcast powered by CLNS Media.